This is Line Dance Podcast. I'm Christopher Gonzalez. Hello and welcome to Line Dance Podcast. Uh, what is your name? I'm Neil Hale. This is my partner, Alice, Alice Merez. And what would you say are your primary roles in the Line Dance community? I have no role right now. I think Alice could tell you about what's going on in the line dance community. I'm completely out of it. But uh, I'm a line dance teacher of many, of 28 years, actually. And, of course, we have Megan Barsulia with us as well here today. Um, and what is your role in the line dance community? I guess I'd be a jack-of-all-trades at the moment, and I'm very okay with that. A little bit of everything. Choreography, dancing, instructing, you know, wherever I'm useful. Um, but even though you don't have much of a role now, what was one of your primary roles? Well, I was an instructor at, um, a, well, on this side of the bay, actually, the East Bay here at uh, Swiss Park, which is a venue that's been hosting line dance, the line dance community for probably 25 years or pretty close to it. And uh, Basically, uh, a few other people and myself started the club, the Boots and Buckles Dance Club, you know, and... Um, and we were pretty involved uh, at the time. Uh, I was actually teaching some line dances and uh, along with a uh, staff of other people. Um, the venue is um, known for attracting people from all over the Bay Area. They come from all over the place, I swear. Um, it actually was the uh, birthplace of UCWDC, as I recall. Um, Dave Getty was writing up the bylaws when I was down there. There's a bunch of us involved in that. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but that's been some time ago. <laughs> a long time ago. Now, uh, you know, new people have taken over. We've got some really fine line dancers out there. One of which is my favorite right here, Alice Marez. And, uh, man, she's just a hot instructor out here. And I love her. We're best friends. So how would you get involved in line dancing in the first place? Oh, there was a club. I was actually dancing in a club, and it was called the uh, South 40. I believe it was the South 40. Could you correct me if I'm I wrong with that? It was South right, 40. Yeah. And it was just one of those smoky little terrible places that you <laughs> like to be in, um, that you want, would want to be in. But you know what? There were nice people there, and uh, the, the crowd who was doing the line dancing, there was a little group of people who were doing line dancing there. I didn't care much for the bar folks. They didn't like us. We didn't like them. And uh, but uh, and it was a terrible place to be in because it was so smoky and it was uh, just a, not a nice place. Fights and stuff like that. But uh, the people who were dancing in this line dance group were very, very nice people. I was attracted to them. So we actually got together and started looking for a different venue. And eventually we found uh, Swiss Park. But until then, it was... Um, there had to be an attraction to be there, and it was a people. So that's why I actually got involved in uh, line dancing. Now, I've heard that, um, like, there, there are some folks who think, like, line dance should only be country, and some people say, oh, no, we, we would like line dance more if there wasn't any country. And then there are some people who prefer more of a middle ground. Uh, wh- where, where, is, uh, where is Neil Hale on that spectrum, would you say? Well, when uh, it was back, um, let me see, actually... Um, back in the early 90s when you started hearing a lot of different music and um, at first I wasn't so hot about it because uh, you know I was a country western diehard but you know then you started to listen to some of this especially the Latin music and oh boy you know I just uh, was attracted to it I liked it and uh, and I started actually picking up you know listening to this type of music and choreographing to it and um, it was quite popular actually so and you know what else too besides that 
if we just stuck to doing mainstream country music, I don't think it the recreation would have grown as much as it did. So in order to attract uh, you know a broader spectrum of people, I think we had to go to other types of music, and uh, we did. Um, one of the first two, one of the first dances I did was this thing called cruising, and that was to the Beach Boys. So um, and another thing when. Uh, when the country western music artists started becoming more pop, that started attracting a lot more people, a lot of different people, and uh, you know, and that's when you started making money. Because I recall when Icky Breaky came out in 1992 in the spring, I think, yeah, it wasn't really that. It wasn't mainstream country. I mean, they had electric guitars and all this stuff, and. Uh, and that's when it really broke out, and that's when it started attracting lots and lots of people. At that time, I was just ready to hang it up. But all of a sudden, I started seeing all these people coming from everywhere, you know, that weren't really country western people. And they started liking, you know, getting into this, and uh, we started making money. So I decided to stay on. I stayed on another 10 years, and I was ready to quit, or another five years or so, I was ready to quit. And that's when I met Alice. She got me on board to DJ, and... You know, it just kept going on and on and on and on and on and on. Finally, I burnt out. <laughs> so right. again, I can't, uh, I can't ever emphasize how much uh, the people, the actual people doing the dancing were, were my big attraction. I, you know, these, these were really genuinely nice people So uh, that I couldn't have met anywhere else. So that's what kept me on. And the fact that Alice kind of persuaded me to continue uh, working with her uh, out at the uh, senior center here and other places, and uh, you know, it just kept going on and on. I was having so much fun, especially with Alice, <laughs> especially with my friend Alice. I mean, we who just kept who the hell is Alice? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was just so enjoyable. Um, you know, I mean, I wasn't really at that time, I wasn't really enjoying it that much, other than the fact that uh, I was doing it with Alice, and that's what made me continue on to the till when we quit, we stopped about. Hmm. Ten, five years ago? Time goes by so quickly, I can't remember either. That's but um, true. But I still remember a lot of the, I still re remember a lot of the people occasionally I see them, and uh, that was my incentive for teaching non-dance and getting involved in the country wrestling. Hmm. And what's, uh, what's your main form of motion and activity these days? These days I'm, I'm very involved in music. I, I play uh, guitar and bass guitar, and I'm involved with musicians, and uh, we... Well, occasionally when a venue will allow us, we'll go and play some music, and, uh, you know, that's what I do. I, I always loved music, so, you know, I guess that's, that comes hand in hand with choreographing uh, dances and stuff. So that's what I do now. No country western, but uh, nothing against country western, but uh, we just don't do any country western. It's mainly pop and old rock and roll tunes and that type of thing. Hmm. And I, I love music, uh, you know, I, I, I write some stuff, uh, you know, and I, I'm just very involved in music. Cool. Yeah, I actually uh, I, during the the week I sing at senior communities. That's most of what I do, like Monday through Wednesday, especially. And I've got like this huge list of like Elvis songs and cr uh, the old crooners, like you know Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, Bobby Darin. Oh wow! Um, yeah, I, <laughs> I wonder, love Frank. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if, uh, if if our if our set lists have any overlap. <laughs> what are some of your favorites to sing? Well, um, I've got a tune called Mars. Okay, it's by a good friend of mine from Brazil, Juan Pablo. No one's ever heard of him. You know, I like to pick tunes that are people never heard. But this is a nice, uh, it's a pop tune, and it's sort of, uh, you know, spacey, and and that's what I do. Um, you know, I like uh, other people in the band that I 
play with. They do Joan Jett and uh, you know some Fine. of those you know rockers and a some a lot of things that I can't even recall the names of. But they pull <laughs> these songs up and they say, "Here, can you play with this?" And I say, "Yes, I can do that." You know, and I, you know, so that that type of thing. Could you sing a little bar too? There's life right beyond the sky. Yeah. Hey, but uh, you know, I, but you're interested. In, you like music. You listen. You actually listen to CDs when you play them. Do you actually listen to the music? We. So I'll let you take this one. Um, there's a lot to be said about listening to the music because since I've gotten into the idea of choreography, I listen to more of the music than when I did when I was much younger. You know, going through high school and. You know, for whatever reason, it's just like the overall sound. Now it's like, ooh, that bass line, or ooh, hear that little tingle up there, and oh, li- look at what they did with the lyrics here, and like you kind of like see levels of it. And I thought it was actually really cool. I was actually having a conversation with um, a friend of mine, and he says that he sees music in colors. So the different lines, he sees colors. So he can see like when the red goes up and down, or the green drops below, and stuff like that. So I thought that was really cool. And so. Um, him and his girlfriend actually have a game where they will pick one of the lines in each song and just like do something to that specific line um, to kind of like see where it goes and feel the beat of how that does and then they'll put the song on repeat and the next time they have to pick a different instrument to be and so they just kind of like listen to it that way so they can hear all the different layers that go into each particular song. So, yeah, you're approaching it the right way as a choreographer, I think, because, you know, you want to change it up a little bit when you hear something that is a little bit different in a song, the chorus or something. Yeah, yeah, I, I know that. I, I know that feeling. And I, I've heard about people who see colors and stuff like that with, with the sound. And uh, that's very, very interesting. Hmm. Very interesting. Did, did you have a process uh, when you were choreographing cruising or hot tamales or any of your other favorites just like what megan's talking about megan's talking about the uh you know you listen to the song very very carefully you break it down you break the uh, structure of the song down you listen to the number of beats in the chorus and the verses and everything you got to understand the music if you understand the music you can you know you've got a better chance of making something that's going to be uh, interesting to people and there are other people who do that too by the way you know my friend um yes out in colorado joe Joe, Joe Thompson. Um, I think she's got a very good uh, uh, knack for doing that, for, uh, you know, choreographing nice music. Um, she certainly, she's a wonderful instructor. Another person is um, Max, Max Perry, if you've ever heard of Max. Very yes. flamboyant guy. Um, you know, uh, I've got to give a uh, shout out for uh, Michelle Perrone. Yes. Smoky Places. Um, these are people that, you know, that I always looked up to. Um, as uh, choreographers, and they knew what they were doing. You know, they knew that they knew music. First of all, you have to know music. Um, they knew music, and they therefore they were able to choreograph lots and lots of dances to uh, to uh, to different songs. They were able to recognize. Excuse me. They were able to recognize a good tune and jump on it right away before anyone else did and get us get a dance out. I'm curious, how is it that some of these dances do endure, like Smoky Place, where you could just say that and we know what you're talking about, whereas others, you know, they, they pop up and then they disappear. What is it that makes an enduring uh, combination of song and dance? Wow, that's a very, that's, a, that's an excellent question. <laughs> and what, what it is, you've got to be able to catch on to the, uh, to the, uh, to the movements very, very quickly. Mm. 
And what you see now, a lot of these dances that jump around, they do a part A, part B, part C, back to part A, part D. You know, you can do that with music, but once you get into choreographing, you know, you want to appeal to as many people as you possibly can, and you want the dance to be enduring. So therefore, if you take something, you take 16 beats, minimal, 32, 64, but if it keeps, the pattern keeps recurring over and over and over, I think that's, that's, that dance will probably endure a lot longer than uh, a lot of these others, because when you've got A, B, C, D, E, F, G, and all these different parts, <laughs> it's extreme. That's a little extreme, and people aren't going to retain that type of thing. I don't care how smart they are. You got a little thing like Smoky Places, you know, you're going to remember that. Very simple tune. What is it? 32 beats or something, you know, but you're going to remember it because it's just the pattern keeps recurring over and over and over. And I think that's it. Um, you got fun little moves, a little bit of fun, something a little bit challenging. That'll do it for you. Mm -hmm. Sounds about right. I'm also curious, um, since we've heard a couple different versions of like what the best ideal rhythm say is for uh, for a dance. I've heard some people say keep it consistent: one, two, three, and four, five, six, seven, and eight, like all the way through. If you if you have a set for your eight, just keep it. It'll be easier to remember. Uh, like dizzy, for example, it's it's like that for most of the dance. We have rock, recover, yeah, coasting. Yeah, yeah. And then there are others like have fun, go mad, where it's kind of all over the place. Where uh, I think it's like one, two, three, and four, five, and six, and seven, and eight. One, two, and three, and four, and five, six, and seven, and eight. And it's interesting because um, it it is unpredictable almost from mm -hmm. eight count to eight count. So it can go with a lot of different songs and then hit those different songs at different places. Whereas others, if it's just a straight cha-cha all the way through, you know that that's going to work for any cha-cha that comes up on the speakers. Yeah. Is, is there um, a school of thought that you prefer for teaching dances or dancing dances yourself, whether it's better just to keep it consistent or mix it up, be unpredictable? Uh, good question again. Uh, you know what, a, a few syncopations, um, triple steps and that type of thing in a dance, I think that that's, that's fun. But when you get it, when you have too many syncopations, when too many odd beats and like that, I think again, it might be fun for the choreographer. They might be having a good time, and nothing to take from the people who do it, because I think that they, you know, they're excellent choreographers. But I think it might be interesting to them. But you know, when you start other people, I don't think it's going to have that broad appeal um, as something a lot simpler without a lot of challenging syncopations and jumping around. Hmm. You know, you've got to think of who is who's your audience. Who are you, you know, who are you who who do you want? To learn these dances. Um, if you're out there and you've got people who like it, well, then they're going to be there for you. Um, but if you want to have broader appeal, you need to appeal to a broader spectrum of people. And I don't think that I don't think that will do it. I do like a few syncopations, some triple steps. Um, you know, we almost have to when you're doing a cha-cha. You can't just step one, two, three, four on the beat like that. It's got to be a little. But uh, no, I, I I like to keep it simple, and I think. Um, some of the dances I did. I think Hot Tamales was very challenging at the time. And uh, maybe I, uh, you know, crossed the line at the time. But eventually people came along um, as more people got into the line dance uh, thing. And they, it started appealing to them. So that was good. It worked out. Mm -hmm. But I think people had to catch up to that. And they did. They eventually did. Speaking of appealing to a lot of people... 
we always want to broaden the base of, of line dancers and bring in new beginners, show them this is something you can do, you don't need a partner, uh, it's music you know, it's music you already like, and it gives you steps that you can do uh, with it. How have you found, in your experience, um, most people, how, how have you found that most people find and stay in line dance? What has appealed to people that attracted them and kept them? Because it's, it's hard to put things like, you'll discover this extended family around the world that you never knew you had on a flyer. It's hard, to, it's hard to have people know all of what line dance can do until they show up. So how do, how do you get people to show up and then how do you show them the best of it on their first day? Well, uh, when we first started, you had these like contra line dances. Mm. And these were dances... Um, that you, uh, you know, you had a line of women and a line of uh, uh, guys on the other side. And this was, a, this was one of the, you know, most enjoyable parts of coming to line dancing because you put a contra line dance on and people, as they crossed the lines, you know, they, you know, became a little bit flirtatious with the person coming uh, on their side of the line. And that was really appealing. I think that was... Uh, and then they just kind of disappeared. I don't know why. But that was when I first started doing this. They were, you know, the contra line dances. People lived for that. They would come out just to do the contra line dance. Because they knew that was their chance to kind of, you know, just in passing get to know people and uh, smile at people. And that was a big thing. Yeah. We That's- actually... Um, the way we learned cruising was in a contra-style line dance. Um where it's like it's a contra and then right at the very end you go come together as a partner turn around and then you go into that figure eight vine right at the end so yeah it's, it's one of those things that we'll still do it at, at events and people are used to seeing it just the one wall style. oh yeah yeah and yeah. they're like wait what are they doing and so like it's kind of become a thing now where we do it contra and everybody just really enjoys it but that's how we originally learned it so cause, well see know. that's interesting because I didn't know people did that um, <laughs> You know, I knew they did it as a sort of a, a partner. You know, you get side-by-side oh. partner dance. Yeah, like sweetheart position. Yeah, yeah, sweetheart position, right. Yeah, I knew they did it as that. But, uh, yeah, contra line dance, that's interesting, yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, we can demo it after the interview. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So speaking of cruising, um, I was curious, uh, when it came to choreographing cruising to a Beach Boys song, mm-hmm. how was it first received by the community and... Just to put it out there, um, it's still one of the most popular dances to do in the Bay Area. It's it's done Sacramento, it's done Davis, it was done Sonoma County. I mean, that's where we're from, and it's still one of the more popular dances now. How is it first received, though? Um, as I recall, because it was done to the Beach Boys, uh, still cruising after all these years, mm-hmm. aren't we? <laughs> yeah, because it was done to a, a, a pop tune like that. It wasn't... Um, and remember, at this time, this was in 1989. Yeah. I mean, it was like, you know, I mean, we were doing Hank Williams tunes and everything else. It was a real pure country. Um, it wasn't received too well, but uh, you know what? The people were polite enough to uh, have open minds, and eventually it kind of caught on. And then after people saw, especially the instructors um, in other areas surrounding the Bay Area, you saw that they could, this was adaptable to, you know, a lot of the, Lots and lots of country western cha cha dances, you know, it became it became acceptable, very acceptable. But uh, I still like the uh, still cruising after all these years oh, by yeah. the Beach Boys. It's a little long, a little lengthy, and it's got this one part, as you know, where it gets real loud and you have to turn the music down. <laughs> like people are holding the ears, but but uh, yeah, it, it it 
caught on only because people were polite enough and I was, you know, they accepted, well, if he's going to do it, it's going to be, you know, just give it a chance. And uh, that's how that worked out for me. And you know, in the cruising dance, the figure eight portion of Neil's dance Mm -hmm. is done in many of the dances today. And when we teach it, we generally don't say right behind quarter and no, forward we half. We say it's the cruising <laughs> step, the cruising step, and that's what it's known as. Yeah. So you're known for that cruising step in many dances, Neil. Yeah. Well, there you go. You're teaching me a lot. <laughs> See, I, don't, I don't go on the, the websites too much anymore. How have you seen the scene change uh, over time? Like we were noticing how. At Boogie, people were, uh, Michael and Michelle were kind enough to put a notice out in the emails that we have been looking through old, as it, uh, Country Line Time magazine, something along those lines, uh, old issues of Line Dancer. We've been looking through all the archives, and people brought in like stacks of what used to exist back then. You see a lot less of that now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, there, there were there were yeah. you know, subscribers all over the place. It was in demand to have this sort of print media for line dance, and then that changed. What other ways have you have you seen the the scene you know boom and then transition into what it is now? Well, of course, you're talking pre-internet, and then once people, everybody had a computer on their desktop, and people became web savvy and knew how to put up a site, upload uh, stuff, you know, it changed. But you're right, everything was paper. Um, When we first started, you know, there were just a couple dances and you would pick them up, somebody would go out into the boondocks in Stockton or somewhere from the Bay Area or Modesto and they'd pick up, there were little clubs out there too, happening at the same time we were going on in the Bay Area. They'd pick out little dances. Nobody knows where these dances came from. Uh, Chocolate City, Hustle, uh, you know, just uh, little things. And they'd pick them up and, uh, you know, because they'd travel or they'd know somebody out there, they'd bring them to the Bay Area and then we'd incorporate them into our teaching uh, repertoire. And uh, But it was all paper, you're right. It was all paper. Oh, before paper even, people would come and teach before there was even anything written down. And you would go to, uh, you know, watch somebody teach, and you would write this stuff down. You'd actually have a pen and pencil, and you'd write, thinking, you know, you may not have even did it correctly, but writing down what you think you saw. <laughs> and that's how it worked. And, and I then, don't know if you know that when, when they first started printing them out, they were done by showing the feet on paper. Have yeah, you seen just that? Like the feet and yes. Like little yes. Or like so that you know or, which way your feet are supposed like to go. Be, just the toe portion yes. of it. Like, <laughs> yeah. Bizarre. Yeah. Really bizarre. And Ernie Wheeler also. Ernie Wheeler from Pleasanton. I don't know if you've heard of him. Well, that's a dance he was, uh, the magazine he was talking about, Country Dance Lines. Right. Mm. Oh, that was his. Well, was that the newspaper that came out every week? From yeah. Him? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I believe. And he, I, used, he used to print some of the step sheets inside and tell little articles about the local dances. And Ernie Wheeler is still around. But I don't know that he dances much. He's on my Facebook page. You could probably look him up. I should, I should definitely do that. Yeah, there were a few people who were involved to the point where they actually uh, started some sort of paper magazine or something. And uh, there were a lot of those around, uh, now mostly defunct. But uh, certainly there were a lot of them. And they would, um, you know, print out in their magazine uh, line dances and stuff like that. That came later. That was the next phase after the... You sit there and watch the instructor teach it and write it down yourself. And then, of course, the internet came and everybody had a computer. And then 
there were so many dances out. I mean, you could, you know, but then you, you'd also travel to different places. Like, you know, I remember going to Chicago for a UCWDC event. I think it was Chicago. And, um, and I first started seeing these people um, like Scott Blevins and, uh, you know, all the, and um, this was a whole new world. I mean, you know, you get out there, and then, and then when I went on tour, I started touring uh, different countries, and you know, there were people who were doing all this the same time that we were doing it back in the '80s. We just didn't know about it. Yep. But then, uh, you know, you started touring Europe and Australia and all these places, and you started, hey, my my goodness, all this stuff was happening at the same time. We just didn't know it because back in the '80s, you didn't have any internet, you didn't have this communication. But sure enough, they were actually doing these dances. What can you tell us about Australia and the Bay Area's relationship with Australia? Um, well, like I say, they were, they're doing everything that we do, only because you've got the Internet. And, uh, so they know they're right on top of everything. Um, a great place. Uh, when I first went on tour there, we were, because it's such a big country, we're flying around from East Coast to Perth, which is on the West Coast. Um, you know, I, in between there, you've got that big sun, desert and everything. Uh, certainly didn't drive. But uh, a great place, wonderful people, um, just really, really nice people, um, great beer there, uh, you know, <laughs> really nice beer. and um, people, uh, they're, they're, they're really great. I have to tell you about Europe, though, because oh, Europe is a it. different thing, uh, you know, the, Europe, uh, some people take country line dancing, country, this whole thing to the extreme. People over there, when I first started, went over there, they were carrying guns and everything else. I mean, holsters. I mean, not real guns, but I mean, they'd come into the bar and it was like a dress-up night. I mean, you know, they'd come in, they would dress up. I mean, you know, we wore cowboy hats and stuff, but these people, I mean, they had, they had the boots and the, uh, you know, spurs. They, the spurs and everything. <laughs> I mean, they were dressed up, they were Indians dressed up with their feathers and everything, and that was just, to me, that was hilarious as all heck. I, but I enjoyed that. That was nice. It was a nice... You know, seeing how the people uh, perceive this, yeah. it was it was enjoyable. Um, Australia, pretty much like pretty much like us, you know, it's pretty much the same thing. Yeah, I heard you guys uh, used to have more outfits and props back in the day for for different dance events, uh, depending on what the themes were. And you still see it sometimes. Now, yeah, right? you still see it sometimes. Uh, we didn't we weren't too crazy about that, but I've I've seen that uh, people. Uh, there was a dance called Running Bear. I don't want to plug my own dances, but there was one called <laughs> Running Bear. And um, you can imagine what people would do to that. I mean, you know, they did some, they'd have bare feet and, you know, dress up like a bears and stuff. But we didn't do too much of that here at Swiss Park. I think we were pretty much to the point. And hmm. You know, Megan and I have talked about uh, all the different events and how each of them has... Uh, its own style, its own flair. Like, there's nothing like Boogie that we've ever seen. Boogie Till the Cows Come Home by Michael and Michelle. And we've heard that there used to be this thing called the Golden Gate Classic. Mm. And we weren't there for it. We, we know very little about uh, what it entailed. And as folks who may at some point start doing events somewhere down the line, what can you tell us about what it takes to put on an event? And what can you tell us about the Classic? Um, well, yeah, yeah, you were talking about that uh, briefly here. Um, people, uh, yeah, people at the Golden Gate Classic, um, they came out and they sort, they did, they dressed up. There were certain, uh, you know, people had a theme and different groups had a theme and uh, dressed up for it. And uh, the Golden Gate Classic was put on quite well. I don't know if you recall Hetty McAdams. Um, we know her. Okay, Hetty McAdams is my best friend uh, besides Alice. 
and um, um, she passed away sometime back. But uh, yeah, I remember um, she was out there, and she she uh, had her dance. Um, introduced her dance. What was her dance that she introduced? Was it? Uh, it was Price. What the, that won the big statue? I mean, won the big trophy. There's also okay. Fly Like a Bird. Oh, Fly Like a Bird. Yeah, she was an excellent. Oh, excellent choreographer. Yeah, in fact, I forgot to mention her. She's one of my favorites. Uh, yeah, I mean, they were out there, and they were just cleaning up with it. She was cleaning up with the trophies and everything, and uh, people were dressing up for that, and people were having fun, and um, the venues were quite expensive, as I recall, but... Uh, like San Francisco yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but it was, uh, and it attracted people from all over, every, you know, and it was nice to meet these new people coming into our Bay Area. That was great. So... Speaking of fly like a bird, she has the, uh, the the cross unwind and then crossing shuffle, a movement that you don't see in a lot of other dances, but still feels really good and satisfying. I'm wondering who were some of the innovators and the people coming up. Like I mean, we saw we saw kung fu fighting, yeah, and we have not seen anything like that since either. But uh, what were some of the innovative dances of the time that maybe people should still be looking at now? Well, that certainly was, and they must be still looking at that because that, to me, I mean, that's, uh, that's a really, really nice choreography. Um, they should be looking at that. Um, they should be looking at a couple of uh, headies. They should be looking at Prairie Strut. What are some of the other ones that she did? Because it's been a long time now. But, uh, yeah, Michael Barr had a couple good dances. Well, he had, he had some good dances, but uh, Michael Barr had some good dances. Black dresses, Michael <laughs> Barr. Black dresses, yeah. Yeah, yeah Michelle had a few. Um, oh, certainly um, Joe Thompson's. Uh, the, a lot of her old dances were pretty good, and the names escape me right now. Just but so many of them. Yeah, just so yeah. many of them. Yeah. I think with a lot of them, once the music comes on, you just know that you know them. It's and sort of, uh, yes, yeah. it sort of uh, jogs a memory and you yeah. sort of uh, can get up and uh, it comes back, yeah. 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 Some yeah. of my favorites of Joe's old ones are, include like Dance Ranch Romp and... You read my mind. Dance Ranch Romp, yeah, then that's another one. Really, really good choreography. I don't see anybody doing that anymore. And that was one of the best dances. I mean, when I saw that, I said, wow, this is really a good choreographer. I'd like to meet this person, you know, but... You're right, Dance Ranch Romp. That was a great one. What was that done to? I forget the song that was done to. Oh, I... Dance by Twister Alley. Dance by go. Twister Alley. Yes, yes, yes. Oh. Uh, that was one of my favorites. That was, certainly was. And as I said, Smoky Places, that was one of my favorites. Red Bandana. Um, oh, Red Bandana. I, was, I don't know that one. Oh, my gosh. It's on Doris's website. Okay. Ah. We would take our Red Bandanas, fly them around, and Doris has a video of it on, somewhere on her website. She show, she'll show the Red Bandana. What was it about that dance? Yeah, everybody used to red wear. Bandana. There you go. Everybody wore yeah, red we bandanas. Wore, yeah, um, shout out when so, they did the. Yeah, yeah. The, can't so remember now, but we still do it once in a while at one of our country hustlers dances. Hmm. Yeah, Good we'll still know. do that. It was one of our favorites. You'll ha- you've never well, heard of it? No. Oh my gosh! Look it up. Yeah, definitely. It's yeah, in now. fact, I'll I'll go home and if I can copy and paste off of Doris's website, I'll send it to you. <laughs> It was very now popular. that yeah, the lyrics sometimes they challenge people to be imaginative and like the red bandana. The uh, there was uh, what Merle Haggard, I think yeah. So uh, people you know, because they, that was in the lyric, they started wearing red bandanas and that was a fun thing to do. Who the hell is Alice? We all bought red lips. <laughs> yeah, one yeah. night at our dinner dance during break, I couldn't figure out where everybody went. There were about a hundred people. They all came out wearing black with dark curly wigs and red lips. <laughs> 
And that it was, was so much fun. It was one of our. You remember that one, Neil? Oh, you remember it only because yes. your name is yeah. your namesake there. That was Scooter Lee, wasn't it? Yes. Scooter yes. Lee. Yeah. You know Love Scooter? Her. Great yes. dance. We were just up at uh, Sacramento for her Dancing for the Dream event. She was on some good events. Mm-hmm. Yes. Scooter Lee was teaching. Uh, was playing music. Yep. That's a long yep. way. To, that's a long way to come to play music. She mm-hmm. lives in uh, Georgia somewhere, so I think. Yeah. yeah. April twenty first. Uh, she was up there with Joe, Michael. Michelle, and then uh, we were hanging out on the sides, uh, you know, leading the walls, uh, Norm and Phyllis. Yeah. Oh, wow. One of my favorite dances of Michelle Burton, Proud Mary Burnin. Proud Mary Burnin. Remember that? I, I and Grease. We all did Grease. Well, we wore yeah. pink Go lady jackets. Lightning. Yes. Yeah. Go yeah. Grease Lightning. That Go Grease Lightning. Yeah. So you went to the cow, the cow. Uh, event. Um, what yeah. is it? Boogie to the Cows. Boogie to the Cows. Okay. Yes. Yes. It was our second year this year. I love that event. That was the second shows. year you went. Okay, yes. yes. Yeah, I, I recall I went there a long time ago, many years ago when I was still involved in my guessing. But, but I mainly like, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I just love how they go all out for that event. They do. They oh, there. Yeah, there are people that like the props. I mean, there. That's <laughs> Prop City up there. You go, Michael Barr, man. He he's a prop man. <laughs> that's his New York shtick. You know, he's from New York. Oh, I did not know that. No. Yeah, he's from or is it Philly? One of those places. They're pretty close, aren't they? New York. Uh, see, I came from the East Coast many, many years ago myself. But yeah, I think he's from New York somewhere. Hmm. Did you have a, a favorite place that in your line dance travels? You know, you've wanted to get back to at some point. A favorite, a favorite place. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I liked, um, I liked uh, a favorite city, Singapore. Oh, and the people there too, uh, Singapore. Oh. oh, what a great place! Oh, what a great country! What a great everything! Nice people, and I mean, that was one of the best places I've ever been for sure. I, I you know, I mean, I like the people all over, but I enjoyed that particular city there. I don't recall the venues. There were several of them because I taught at a good number of them. But yeah, Malaysia is a nice place. And, but, you know, you wouldn't believe it. I mean, you know, Malaysia and China too. I mean, <clears throat> hello, line dancing? You go to China, I mean, you know, there's a lot of line dancers. I mean, I I was uh, teaching there one time in some city and um, it was Hong Kong actually. And there were like a couple um, interpreters. I mean, you know, like you'd have a, you know, 50 people, uh, you know, rows of people and then you'd have another you know, number of rows going down behind them, and there were several interpreters, and there's so many people. It was just, whoo, couldn't yeah. believe it. Couldn't believe it. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, and I enjoyed that. I mean, how are these people coming out, and how do they know this stuff? And, you know, well, oh, okay, yeah, they got the Internet. They know. <laughs> you know what's going on. I mean, you know, it happens here one day, they got it the next day. Yeah. Which reminds me, speaking of using new technology, what can you tell us about the Derringer dancers and the dancing of your dances on video? Oh, that was a uh, that was a uh, way way uh, a long time ago, and um, yeah, actually, okay, I went up there wherever it was, Reading or Chico or Chino, one of those places, right? They were up to this was many years ago, twenty something years ago. Talking about the technology, I went up there. My car was packed with these studio cameras. I mean, the ones that they use at, in the studios. I mean, these were big giant cameras, right? Before they before you could do that and have a you know a little. Uh, thing on your telephone I was packed in I was packed in I had a understudy working with me and um, and uh, oh they were dressed to the hilt this was this this was a like, great we got started early in the evening it ended up being in the wee hours of the morning before I worked through all the technical problems 
And um, I got these videos, which are classic videos now, I think, only because they were done quite well and they were the performers. Oh, those people. I mean, they were all dre- they were dressed to the nines for it. Did you see some of these videos? Yeah, I, haven't, I haven't seen any yet, but... Um, I've only seen a couple on YouTube. Um, okay, yeah. well, go to, um, uh, go to um, Derringer Dancers, um, you know, and Derringer Dancers and, uh, <coughs> excuse me, Hot Tamales or Cruising or, or some of these Mustang Sally, some of these other dances. And uh, I was very grateful that, to them for doing that. And uh, I think that's how a lot of these dances got known, too, because when YouTube first started up, they were ready. I mean, you know, these, these, these were ready to go right on. And I think they were some of the first uh, uh, line dance videos to get out there. So that's certainly how many of these people all over the world learn these dances. Speaking of first, I've heard that Mustang Sally was one of the first dances that was set along with Footloose, the song. Because a lot of people will do slap and leather uh, with Footloose, but I've heard that uh, Mustang Sally fits really well with that. It could. I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. I did it to the uh, uh, song Mustang Sally by, uh, who was it? Some, uh, who did That's a good Sally? question. Yeah. I know Mustang Sally. Otis Redding, I think. Maybe. Could have been. Could mm-hmm. be wrong. But anyway, I did it to uh, the, original, the original tune. Because mm-hmm. it worked so well to that. That's what I choreographed to. I think Footloose may have come out later. Hmm. And and that's good. Footloose comes out later. It just so happens that Mustang Sally, the dance, works to Footloose, so why not? Hmm. I never had a problem with that, people doing uh, uh, my choreography to different uh, music. A lot of people did. It didn't bother me. You know, the more, just made it more versatile, hmm. I think. Yeah. yeah. I, I can agree with that. I like... I like the idea that um, one of the dances we've choreographed together can be song switched to a couple different songs. It just makes it more appealing to different people. So you have the country that it was, you know, this country song that it was originally choreographed to, and then it can go to a lot of these pop songs that are going on right now, too. So if the person is really not a country person, they still have that option. But it's also originally choreographed to country, so if you're not a pop person, you have that option too. Yeah, well, you know, some people can relate only to pop music; they can't relate to country. Uh, you know, so it's whatever, whatever you like. By the way, you know, I was never, um, I never did, uh, I never did like line dancing. I, I, that wasn't my cup of tea. I enjoyed being with the people because the people were so great, and that's why I stayed in it. I was always a couples dancer, and that's oh. what I did. I, you know, I did a two step in the West Coast Swing and. A lot of the other things that uh, you guys are doing, but uh, no, line dancing was not my thing. I didn't. I didn't really care for it. It wasn't something that I liked doing. I did like choreographing, because uh, because of my, I liked music, mm. but um, and I liked doing the two step around the you know and I, and I enjoyed that. But I, I didn't really care. And that's uh, but line dancing is great. I mean, I was out there because strictly because of the people. It's a great recreation. I just uh, it wasn't one of my things, but uh, I enjoyed. I enjoyed the heck out of watching the people, and 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 this being a an avenue for me to get in to know these people to get to know these people. So that's I think that's why I did it. Yeah, I, I definitely uh, recall learning dances like cowboy cha cha and drifter because as somebody who had one of those rolling backpacks in high school and used to wear a fanny pack in elementary school and you know was on the nerdish side, you might say. Uh, it, it gave me that opportunity to learn steps, 
to a partner dance where it's like you're supposed to be dancing with a partner. So like if I if I come up and ask this girl to dance, like it, it's it's not because I'm like you know in love with you or I have like a huge crush on you, but you know it's a partner dance. So is it is it okay if we dance together? And then I know all the steps. I don't have to be creative. I don't have to come up with inside turns and outside turns and all the fancy footwork from like two step and swing. I can just do the steps of the circle partner line dance and then I get to meet a nice girl at the same oh, time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The social aspect of it is 90% of it. I'm, you know, it was for everybody, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's pretty much how we became partners the way we are now is because I actually went up to him and asked him to dance the partner dance. And he was like, oh, yeah, sure. Because I remembered seeing him know actually how to do it. And I went, oh, he will dance. Let's go, to, let's go talk to him. Oh. So, <laughs> and now we travel all over the United States together. So. You're a coordinated couple. You <laughs> so, good dance partners. Um, I'm curious whether you have kept any memorabilia, like uh, any of the old VHS tapes or cassette old tapes. step sheets, cassette tapes, <laughs> anything along those lines. Is there anything that you, you uh, keep to, to look back on? He's asking all the good questions. You yes. Of, you have a lot of original you step need sheets to, that you need to autograph. Yes. No. Chris and Megan. Yes. No, wait a minute. I don't yes. have any. I don't have yes. any. No, wait. I don't have any of that paper stuff. I do have some other stuff, though, that you might be interested in. If you want to stop by sometime on your way to Swiss Park, stop by my house for a hamburger and a beer or something. And, yeah. uh, and then uh, I, I, I can give you some stuff. But uh, it's, not, I, I, it's not printed step sheets from years and years and years ago. Because I don't recall that I have any of that anymore. I had to clean, but I've got some other stuff that you might be interested in. Yeah, absolutely, Ooh. anything. Um, our goal is to have a room somewhere at some point that is just the archives, memorabilia, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. We want our own library, <laughs> line dance museum. <laughs> yeah, there you go, line dance wow. museum room. I've got, <laughs> I've got something. Forward. I've got something for them, and they're going to be a little bit surprised. Yeah. But yeah, you know. oh, wow. I'm excited. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Well, you have to do that. We'll have so to yeah. make a date. About. Yeah, we'll have to make a date. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll okay. have to make a date. So, so let me ask you this. You like music. You, you, you actually listen to the music, and you like a good hook. And uh, because you're a DJ, I think you're a musician, too. You play mm-hmm. the guitar a little bit? Yep. Okay. So uh, maybe we'll play a couple tunes uh, when you're out there. Oh, I'd love that. Yeah, yeah. I've got my whole binder full of chord sheets and everything. In the, yeah, in the I can't play this new country stuff, but if you want to do a George Jones or a Tammy Wynette or something, you know, mm-hmm. a simple little... You know, verse, verse, chorus, verse, bridge. You know, I can Absolutely. do that. But, uh, yeah, you'll have to come out and... Uh, Definitely bring your guitar. Mm-hmm. Which is in to, the trunk right you now. You do not even need to do that. I've got a couple of guitars, so you could... Uh, oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. What yeah. models do you play? What uh, what kinds do you play? Well, I've got a Yamaha. You know, I, I've had Martins before. Um, you know, uh, a lot of different things that I've sold off. And then, you know, but right now I've got a good Yamaha guitar that just really plays like a... Like a tailor, it's really nice. Fancy. In and, uh, no, it's not in my car. Oh. <laughs> Too bad. Oh wait a minute! <laughs> it is in my car, but we're not going to play. It is in my car only because I've got a rehearsal coming up, but we're not going to play out today. Yeah, he had a gig this morning, so his is in his. Okay, car. Okay, well, mine's in my car too. It is. <laughs> it is actually in my car. Yeah. Yeah, but we're not going to do that. But uh, yeah, you come out to my house. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Sometime. That'd be awesome. You know, you don't have to come all the way down from wherever you come from. You know, don't need to do that from uh, Marin County. Just come down uh, when you're on your way to uh, Swiss Park. Come mm-hmm. down. You, you or visiting my parents in Daly City. Oh, there you there go. You yeah, go. yeah, yeah, yeah. Do that. We'll arrange, uh, you know, keep in touch with Alice. Absolutely. And we'll arrange something. And uh, But not too long from now. It needs to be pretty soon, right? 
Yeah. After, yeah. You, get, after you have your surgery, right? Yeah. Okay. 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 Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, maybe we could even. Available anytime. Hmm? Oh yes, uh, I'm most of the week, especially if it's a, a first or a third week of the month. Uh, I tend to to be a lot more open. Second and fourth, we uh, we go out and we have lessons at Sunrise Senior Living. We do uh, some some beginner line dances there. Um, Mondays, I'm at Brookdale Senior Living, do a, a class there, and then Monday through Wednesday is when I do most of my uh, singing gigs. When you DJ, do you use a file format? You have you got a computer? You just carry a little uh, stick or something, or do you actually carry CDs and that type of thing? Uh, oh, mostly I, I use uh, my laptop. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, he, he actually uses the app Spotify, which is Spotify. Yeah, yeah I know that. Yeah, so Spotify. Mm-hmm. That's okay. generally what he uses. I was actually curious uh, when you transitioned into becoming a DJ. How did you find that your experience of the dance world changed? And did you have new responsibilities that you didn't before as just a dancer or a choreographer? Oh, yeah. Well, when I was a DJ, um, okay, well, actually, when I was teaching dance classes, I was also the DJ, too. We had other people in the staff at Swiss Park. So, um, you know, I would have everything set up, and I would do the music while they were teaching, and then they would do the music while I was teaching. Um, everything back then was on cassette. You don't go back that far, but um, mm. it's a little thing that uh, little. Oh yeah, <laughs> we, we actually my, do go a little bit that far back. My, my car has a tape deck. It is yep. a '92 Buick LeSabre. Okay, my '91 <laughs> has a cassette deck too. So you know, you know, and it works perfectly. So um, you know, there was like wobble and different frequency. You know, the slow, yeah. the frequency slowed down sometimes, and it was just never like you know when CDs came out. Well, that was so much different because it was consistent. All the way through the song, right. and um, you know when I when I first did it, everything was uh, absolutely it was just cassette, and they were, and the music was really bunk. People didn't know. I mean, they didn't because they never had anything to compare it to. But when CDs came along, at least for me, you know, I knew the difference. I I really liked it, and I I I CDs are quality and everything. It's not. It's not like LPs. If you go back to LPs, then you've really got you've got all the, without being compressed and everything. You've got all the music there. I like LPs better, but LPs. What the heck is an LP? That's a cassette. <laughs> I guess way back. <laughs> we used to teach with a cassette. You'd have to rewind and yeah, find yeah, it. How do yeah. we ever do it? I don't know. I don't know. But think of LPs. Now people never used LPs. There was a DJ at Swiss Park named Bob Hubbard that when he first came out. He was using 45s. Can you imagine getting 45s and oh, trying gosh. to get these 45s? There was a place up in San Francisco where you could. You could buy 45s, and that's what he'd do. He'd go up there and he'd get these 45s. Occasionally, I think he had set the needle down on a LP or something, but, I mean, that's old school. That's really old school. Oh, yeah, I grew up with those at the house. My, yeah. my dad yeah. would play Marty Robbins, Gunfighter, Ballads, and Trail Songs, uh, Roger Miller, Golden Hits, a lot of... Uh, uh, musical soundtracks like West Side Story, Sound of Music, uh, all kinds of albums. I think um, he had a lot, if not all, of the Beatles. And yeah, he he was uh, all over the place. And you know, we had to learn to be very, very careful with the needle. You don't just let it slam down. I was, I was always terrified of oh, the needle because yeah. it was my yeah. grandfather's player, and I was, so I was like, no, I want to listen to this one. So I'd set it on and be like, but can you drop the needle? <laughs> <laughs> you had to take care of the needle. Yeah, yeah I remember having to replace those uh, quite a bit. Otherwise, you'd mess up your records. Mm-hmm. But uh, just speaking of the Beatles, yeah, the Beatles, oh, the Beatles, my goodness. Um, I don't know why I never choreographed anything to the Beatles. I, I do their music. You know, I'll play their music, but, uh, you know, I, they had so many good tunes. I mean, gee, my goodness. 
Yeah, lately I've been playing a lot of, uh, in my sets, I've been doing a lot of Octopus Garden, um, All My Lovin', uh, and I Love Her, Norwegian Wood, I Will, uh, When I'm 64. I love doing that one because since it's um, you know, senior communities. Oh, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. When I'm 64, that one, that one's fun. So you, you must be pretty good on the guitar. I mean, you know, to play all those tunes. Um. Uh, I'm all right with strumming chords. Uh, I, I never got the practice needed to become like a really fancy finger picker mm-hmm. and like dance all yeah. over the yeah, fretboard. Yeah. Uh, but I can, I mean, I, I know enough of the, the basic chords to be able to take just about as long, and it, as long as you have the lyrics and each chord above where I change, then I can just oh, about Oh, there you go. I probably could keep up. Yeah, I bet you could. Yeah, I'm sure I could, yeah. So, you yeah, said you do bass as well? Bass guitar, yeah, yeah. So yeah, give yeah. Megan a tambourine and you know, put you on the shakers, <laughs> and we got a whole band. We have a, we have a band. We'll yeah. play. You could do a video. There you go. The dancers here. <laughs> well, I don't know about that, Alice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think one of the things that we're going to try next is um, him play guitar of uh, "By the Light of the Silvery Moon" and see how well oh, we can. Because we just choreographed a dance to it called "I Want to Spoon" to the Doris Day version. And oh my gosh, I love that dance for one. But um, that song is just that something. Song. That song is just right here in the gushy parts. Sure, I um, do a lot of that old music for my class out at Rossmore. Hmm. Some of them are up into their nineties, and I don't. They don't go out dancing, so I choreograph to the old music. One of their favorites is New York, New York. Hmm. But I choreograph one wall. Yeah. But they did. During our break time, I dance for them and show them what I'm doing. Yep. And I did Sweet Caroline. They wanted oh. to learn that. And so I'm teaching them that. And so far, so good. Yay. So I'm thinking, hey, maybe I can just use regular step sheets instead of trying to choreograph. Yeah. But by the light of the silvery moon, I saw that the other day. Yeah, Michelle. And I thought, oh, Michelle, Michelle put it out. Okay. It. She just taught it at um, the hot, the Heart of Texas event this okay. last weekend. Yeah, the, the dances I want to spoon. But yeah. Okay. I love that so oh, much. I, I saw it, and then I thought, I need to choreograph something very simple for my Rosmore ladies. So, yeah, that's an option. Glad you brought it up. <laughs> Do you know Michelle's mom? Oh, Lorraine. Yes, Lorraine. Oh. oh, yeah, she's a lovely lady. Now, she had a dance. How can you uh, not know Dolly? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, that, that uh, dance. Dolly. Hello, Hello Dolly. Yeah, my Rosmore group does Hello, Dolly. It's the only one of a regular dance they can do. And they wear boa feathers when they do it because Aww. Lorraine, you know, she that's brought totally that to good. us. See, you now that's my kind of dance. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that, uh, you know, I enjoy doing. Uh, not that I can. But well, Neil and I both went to a birthday party about three years ago in old 50s. I was the DJ. I did DJing for a while and I had to quit when I got sick. And um, so Neil came and we danced and he didn't dance a lot, but he got out there to do hot tamales. Do you remember? It was his last dance. Oh. Do you remember that? Yvonne's birthday party? That's Your last my, dance. You I got think, out. I think that's when my back became... Uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, I do recall that. I that videotaped it. I have it somewhere, yeah. but he wouldn't let me show it. I was <laughs> gasping for breath, and, you know, I was uh, sore for the next two weeks. But, uh, yeah, I do recall that was somebody's party. Hmm. Well, uh, I, before I ask a, a couple more questions... I think now's a good time to take a good stretch break, and then uh, and then we shall reconvene. One moment. I was curious for uh, as we have returned from our stretch break. 
I was curious for uh, for the people who have questions for you um, on the internet or uh, by other means of communication. What is the best way that people can get in contact with you? Um, probably through my friend um, Doris Voltz, uh, oh, yeah. who does Lundia's uh, Fun. Um, she, um, she, if you communicate with her, you can get in touch with me or Alice. But I mean, Doris is probably, you know, known pretty much uh, all over the world. Um, so uh, yeah, she she uh, she'll get in touch with me. Okay. You get in touch with her. Speaking of Doris, uh, just the the concept of a line dance historian, I think, is amazing, and it makes me wonder, like, what other roles are there in line dance that are needed but currently unfilled? Like, we have DJs and choreographers, instructors, event directors, photographers, photographers, videographers. It seems like I mean, website designers, graphic designers, there are different people that we could identify in all of these different roles. And then, of course, there's Doris, keeping track of all of the, the Bay Area line dance history. And you think, why didn't we think that there could be historians as well? Like, what other, what other roles do you think there could be in, in the world of line dance that maybe you, know, you wish somebody had come up with because it would have made your life so much easier, but nobody did it? Oh, good question. I think um, just what you're doing right now for your uh, podcast or whatever you're doing right now. I think uh, uh, interviewing these people, talking with them, getting the facts before, um, or as close as you can to the facts, um, before, you know, they just decide, well, I don't even want to go out for an interview um, because I'm just too tired and I'm just not interested and all that. Um, I think you guys are doing uh, the right thing uh, by documenting all this. I think Doris, certainly. I would call her a, a, a historian, <clears throat> in a way, because, I mean, she's archiving all this stuff. You go back to some of hers, uh, what is it, when you've got old, on the internet, when you've got pages that are stowed away, um, archive, the old archives, I think, you know, you go back there, and you can go back right to the beginning. Mm. Doris has done a fabulous job, in fact, mm. um, uh, doing this. I think uh, uh, newspapers, like Ernie Wheeler, you know, he's certainly, um, and I'm sure he's got his archive somewhere, if you mm-hmm. know, and he'd probably let you guys have free reign, I'm sure, to, uh, if you want to find out things, but I, I don't know, beyond that. If you like. That would be great. Okay, yeah, yeah. We're friends on Facebook. That would be really okay. cool. Okay. What is the first thing that you think of when you hear line dance in space? <laughs> As Megan laughs in the background. Because we've talked about this for months now. We're still trying to figure out how to make that work. <laughs> but what what do you think of when you think of line dance in space? Uh, this is kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I think... No, no, not your question, but... No, it is. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I think... Um, I think, uh, you know, there's... Um, there's this astronaut. He's from Canada. And he did. He was up there playing a guitar to David Bowie's uh, "Space Oddity." You know what? Oh, is that Colonel Chris Hadfield? Chris Hadfield. I read his book. Awesome, yeah. awesome thing that he did. He was doing. Um, he was actually playing "Space Oddity." You know, the, it's about uh, um, being alienated, I guess, yeah. out in the space mm-hmm. and everything. I think, yeah, you get a couple people up there. You see how they're always having fun. I think there ought to be a couple people up there and do a little line dance. And, and, you know, without the gravity to keep them down. And, you know, just kind of dance out in space 
you know, out there without being on the ground. I think that would be a nice uh, thing to do. That's kind of weird. That's kind of weird. How, what did I think of that? Yeah, it is kind of but, weird. Yeah, yeah, but I love weird. it. I'm thinking of the line dance, Your Heaven. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because, like, Megan and I have talked about how line dance has this amazing way of just bringing everybody together, where you don't even have to speak the same language. And if the, if the song comes on that you both know a dance to... Your friends, like you're you're standing next to each other, you trust each other not to bump into one another, and then afterwards you have, you feel that like almost shared empathy of like you had the same experience that I just did, and we knew nothing about each other, and then I I think about just this idea of everybody dancing together, like this possibility that that could happen, and then I wonder like it's because of course there are, there are people who could ask well, you know, are you going too far? But then there are others who are like. Maybe you're not going far enough. So what do you think is the potential in line dance? Do you see it as just a, a fun kind of weekend social thing, or could it, could it go farther? Could it go to space? Could it go to space? <laughs> ah, now I see where you're going. Yeah, I think um, it's possible that there could be people up there picking up uh, our music and everything. Mm-hmm. You know, people are a lot more advanced than we are. We can't pick up their music, mm-hmm. but maybe they're a lot more advanced and can pick up our music. You know what? <laughs> They could quite possibly be, and even some of the images, uh, TV images and the uh, videos and everything, mm-hmm. you know, they could be up there lawn dancing to our music, <laughs> and you know what? And that could bring us all together someday. Spaceship could land, we could all be up there dancing now. I don't know. They might be watching Joe, all her CMT episodes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Are there any styles of music that maybe you were, or uh, styles of dance that you were surprised to see brought into line dance, like West Coast Swing styles of line dances or hip-hop line dances. And are there any that you think are not represented enough? Like there aren't enough polka line dances or anything like that? Um, well, when hip-hop came along and this kind of breakdancing type of I think... Okay, this is just my opinion, but I think that did a lot more harm than good because mm. a lot of people just became, you know, alienated from the whole thing. They didn't, you know, when you know what when you're teaching, um, you've got a venue, you want to keep your people. You got to be very careful about that. You bring in a lot of this, uh, you know, people are used to listening to country, and you've weaned them onto other types of music like some Latin music. But when the change is too much for them, I think you're going to lose them. And that's what happened. That actually did happen mm. to Country Western, I think. They, people came in with this. Uh, and again, nothing, because there good, some good hip-hop songs and that type of music. But I think people brought it on too soon mm. for people. They didn't, it wasn't gradual enough for them. They just came into the venue and started teaching the stuff. And people weren't ready for it. And people, a lot of people dropped out. And well, that, I always say that there's two types of line dance. One is the old-fashioned Country Western. And many of your senior centers will advertise it as country western line dance. Mm-hmm. Where, for me, I'm in the social world of it, and it's not just country western. And when people say, do you line dance? Yes. Oh, I like country music. It's not all country. It's everything. But it did take me a while to get used to it. Mm-hmm. So, there you go. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes you dance in a Beach Boys and yes. you don't even notice. It just kind of happens. Yeah, yeah, we were actually, um, on the way here, I was talking to him, and I was saying how... I identify myself as a dancer first who just so happens to dance line dance as my right, style right. because line dancing has all these genres of music 
that I get to dance and partake in. And when people ask me what I do, I say, oh, I teach dance. And they say, really, what kind? I say, oh, I teach line dancing. You know, so it's like, it's not, I'm a line dance instructor. I am a dance instructor who teaches mm-hmm. line dance. Mm-hmm. So I think that that helps to change people's perspectives just a little bit. And I've even had people, it's like, oh, that country stuff? I was like, well, that's some of it, yes. However, we also do waltz. We also do, you know, two steps. We do cha-chas. I mean, all kinds of stuff. So... Yeah, isn't uh, Storybook Indians is a a waltz, I believe. That's one of the ones that we learned at Dolly's. uh, Oh, Storybook Indians. I remember when Ira had a workshop out in Benicia, and he did a dance to Storybook Indians. And the people on this side of the bay sat down. They wouldn't do it. They identify storybook endings with Neil's, the music. I can't remember the music, name of the music. Oh, Kenny Rogers. Yeah. Is that the Someone That's, Must Feel Like a Fool yeah, Tonight? Yeah, Someone Must Feel Like a Fool Tonight. You can only do that to storybook endings. And Ira had done another dance, unfortunately, because he is a good choreographer. But the people on this side of the bay identify that with storybook endings. And that will never change. Yeah, it's hard. Um, that's some of the things that we've discussed, too, about imprinting. Because there's a lot of people who choreograph to the same song as somebody else who's choreographed to. Because, you know, sometimes even though you have the internet, you guys are working on it at the same time and publish at the same time. Yeah. So then what do you do? Yeah. But, um, you know, so I know about imprinting. Like, this is the first song dance I learned to this song. So it's hard for me to switch to this. Yeah other song um there are a few that i've taken the opportunity to learn multiple dances to the same song just to like force myself out of that comfort zone but yeah there is something to be said about imprinting and like no i associate it with this dance when i hear this song i'm like tush push that you can do to almost anything if the music comes on you don't know a dance do tush push right exactly i think eventually the better the best of all the songs to any uh um, or the best choreography to uh, to a song will win out yeah. over all the others. You know, there might be ten dances to one song, but eventually, people will, everyone will start um, relating to one yeah. particular thing. Are there any movements that that um, surprised you? Because I mean, there are some folks who will say, "Well, line dance is just you know the same few steps, just mixed around. Like you got your grapevine, you got your shuffle, and you got your rock recovers." And then something will come along like Cannibal Stomp, where at the end you're doing like knee wobbles while you're moving to the side, or you're like you're using your arms, or do your thing by Max Perry and uh, the Amatos and and Kathy Hanyati. They'll do the, the hand thing back and forth, like, and you're like, okay, well, I guess we'll add that movement to the other ones that are possible. Like, are there any movement or like kung fu fighting? Uh, are there any any movements that just surprised you? Like, I didn't know we were allowed to do this in line dance, but I guess we are. Well, I've seen some that are pretty vulgar. Uh, you know. <laughs> Maybe I those we're even, not allowed to do. I can't even do them. But uh, <laughs> speaking of Cannibal Stomp, uh, yeah. that's my friend in Australia. In, uh, Lisa South. Firth, I believe? Yeah, 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 yeah. That one, yeah, that was surprising to me to see that. Lisa Firth. Firth? Mm-hmm. Yeah, F-I-R-T-H. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was New South Wales, I think, or somewhere. Um, on the east coast of Australia. Yeah, when I saw that, I thought that was pretty... Uh, that was fun. People used to, Now, the people used to get a kick out of that. They would laugh. People would see that, and they would get a laugh. Mm-hmm. And there were a few others. I can't recall what they were, but, uh, you know, but... Um, you the, know. 
There's Electric Reel, which I haven't seen yet, but I heard it was pretty big at the time. And, and when I printed it out on Doris's site, there was a sheet just for the arms. So I'm really curious to see what Electric Reel looked like. I don't recall, but that was a dance from back uh, from UK, the UK. Yeah, yeah. I don't recall. I don't even recall what it looked like, but uh, I know it was a big hit mm. at the time. Yeah, we've been we've been going through Doris's page just looking for any reports that she had of. You know, the the big hit dance that was sweeping through or you know one of Michael's that he uh, entered into the competition at Desert Sands or anything like that just to see like what was everybody enjoying back then that maybe people would still enjoy if they were made aware of it now um, Zydeco Lady I just found out about that last November and I'm really liking that one good song yeah good point you're choreographers uh, you know you go back and look at some of these old dances and you're right I mean there were some moves that people don't do um, only because the dances have just kind of went by the wayside, but you know they've had there were some great moves. That it, why not? You could incorporate them into your dances. I mean, you know, you don't need to do every everything. Doesn't have to be original. I don't think there is anything that's original. You know, occasionally you'll see an original move, like uh, we were just talking about uh, Lisa's dance, Cannibal Stomp. But uh, there's nothing wrong with going back and picking up movements. And mm-hmm. I think there's it, it a thing with music when you write music. Um, you can't go beyond so many exact um, tones or, you know, you can't, bars of music before it becomes infringement. I think the same thing, it's sort of an unsaid yeah. uh, policy, uh, you know, you go behind, beyond a couple bars or something, four bars, or, you know, you do a whole verse of the song and you copy the dance, you can't, uh, you know, you do the the dance to the whole verse. I, I don't think you could do that. Um, you know, people wouldn't look upon that as being very fair, but mm. you can certainly pick up different things from other old dances. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like if you were to do, uh, say, like the first, I might be, I can't think of any dances that predate Hot Tamales that have that swivet movement in it. I know others have since used it, but since that's just a quick up and down movement of the feet mm-hmm. and that one's easy to borrow whereas if people were to take the whole shoulder shimmy section that's a lot of counts yeah. and it would be pretty obvious where that one came from yeah maybe and you know what um, to me it wouldn't matter I mean that would just be a compliment uh, as far as I could uh, see I mean that doesn't that doesn't bother me one bit I mean you know if you do too much you know you do that little section that's fine with me but you know you, you go too far there's a point everyone's got to be the judge they're in judge of that mm-hmm. They feel good about it. If it's okay with them copying a whole lot. Oh, sounds like we've got a plane overhead. Somebody up there is enjoying the sunshine today. It's so beautiful today. Yeah, yeah. We're here at the uh, the Japanese Garden in uh, in Hayward. And it's just so nicely tended here. You got people out Isn't taking photos. Oh my God, this is beautiful. You got people uh, bringing their their kids out, enjoying the sunshine. It's good to see the kids are still out out and about, and uh, not everybody's got a screen. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So, in addition to to music, uh, what else have you been up to lately? Um, I own a house out in, um, uh, out in San Bruno. Hmm. My partner and myself. Um, my wife, my partner. Um, so when you're in a house, especially when you buy a house in the Bay Area, they need a lot of fixing up because you can't find new houses. When you buy a house, you buy an old house. So ever since I moved in, this has been like about, what, 2002, where are we at? Uh, at least about 10, 15 years, I've been working on my house. That's what I do every day. That's my job. 
And there's always other issues. By the time you get it done, you have to start all over again. <laughs> so that's what I do. I become a pretty good, uh, you know, craftsperson, and that's that's pretty much what I do. I do music. I get together with people who play music, and uh, we do some gigs once in a while, and that's my life, and I enjoy that. You said you write music as well. What what well, inspires you? I, I did. Um, you know, I was actually in Nashville um, a long time ago before I got into the line dance uh, thing. Mm. And I did my thing with my little briefcase, and I walked around and hit, hit all the people on Music Row. And, uh, and um, what inspires me, the, what inspired me was the people who were actually down there doing it. Mm. I, would, I would rent these places out. I'd be in a place, it would be like about 10 musicians um, renting rooms out. People would rent the rooms out. I mean, talking about small little rooms, people would be in there. And there, there were people down there who had been down there years and years and years and they were just so talented and they were out there every day with their briefcases um hitting all the uh you know trying to plug their music mm. and um and they were just dying down there mm. but i mean these are the kind of people who inspired me mm. but um i couldn't stay down there when the roaches started coming out of the ceiling uh <laughs> when it started raining and uh you know and the, the heat down there and everything i couldn't stay down there but uh you know to see people who Day after day after day, keep doing the same thing over and over and thinking that they're going to be. That kind of inspired me. I, you know, they were out there and they were talented too. So obviously, you have to have more than talent to make it down there. And uh, they, these people just couldn't make it. And Neil plays a little piano. And uh, we get together sometimes at my house or his house and play the piano for each other. I'm not real good. I used to be in my younger years, but. Neil has been learning to play, so I know you're very modest about that, Neil. Yeah, well, learning to play. Alice can really play that honky oh, piano. No, with my little granddaughter I do, my year-and-a-half-year-old granddaughter, I'll plunk along with her because I want her to learn, and the best time for her is now. Yes. But uh, Neil and I have fun. You know, I'll do a little concert for him, and he'll do a little concert for me. <laughs> it's fun. In our old age. <laughs> but Alice, Alice has really taken up the banner insofar as line dancing. Mm-hmm. I think she is a cat's meow here um, right now. She, uh, everybody respects her and looks up to her for, um, for being the go-to person for line dancing. And, um, I actually quit going to Swiss Park for a long time. And um, for different reasons. I have a lot going on here. I teach three classes. I have my grandkids. And... and uh, I stay busy um, with my college people that I retired with. So um, I quit going to Boots and Buckles. I started going to Quick Steppers then because I was going to DJ for them. And then uh, I lost my longtime partner who carried everything for me. And when he passed away then, it was just before I started DJing for Annie. And I said, I can't do it now. And so my DJ went by the wayside. So I just stick with my classes and my family and stay in close contact with Neil, but now I'm back at Quick Steppers. I mean, uh, not only Quick Steppers once in a while, but Boots and Buckles, which I'm enjoying very much. And we like having you there, too. Thank you. It's fun watching you, too. <laughs> Thank you. They're good. They both uh, speak very well. They're like, uh, they should be They're radio so DJs. They're so young. That doesn't matter. When I was young, I couldn't even talk. You don't have to put this on. Oh, how old am I? Um, uh, 31 turning 32 uh, this June. You're as old as my granddaughter. Oh. The granddaughter, she's 37. And Megan, you? I'm 34. You guys are babies. Oh, gosh. <laughs> babies. We don't normally get that. Yeah, <laughs> you are. What should we be doing in our, uh, in our youthful, youthful age? 
what, what sorts of things um, w- would you do in our position as uh, 31 and 34, soon to be 32 and 34? Well, you're doing all the right things just by being in the line dance world. I mean, there's a, a wealth of community out there, and it's worldwide. You're not just stuck in one area. Oh, speaking of stuck in one area, we're trying to recruit some of our Southern, Cali- uh, Southern California friends up to Northern California. What have, what have been some of your favorite things about Northern California that have kept you here? Because I know I've lived here my whole life, and I, I have I seen... I and I came back. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, I've seen other places, and this just... There's something about this, this area that keeps me here. Well, I'm a country person. I'm from actually from Turlock, California, born and raised there. And I came up here after, right after high school, and I've been here ever since. Worked at the same place at Peralta Colleges for 40 years and taught as my hobby and raising kids. And so I have a whole world out there. So, and Neil? I mean, there's so much to do. Absolutely. There's a great variety of things here. Um, uh, me, I mean, it was working in, not actually working there, but making the bucks that you can make in Silicon Valley. Tell them they can make the money here. But it's a big trade-off. I had to live a long time when I was living up in Pleasanton. I had to commute to, to Silicon Valley. You knew where Pleasanton is. That's way out there. And uh, I couldn't do it. It was just too stressful on me. So I had to live in a van down there on the parking lot for many, many years, five days a week, and then come home on the weekends. Because I, I like uh, the benefits of working, of, you know, being at these big companies and making the money. And, uh, you know, we had showers and everything and a nice office and everything. It was great. Uh, driving here, one of the bad things is the traffic. The traffic is just... Uh, so you have to be fair. You have to tell them, uh, look, come on up here and make the bucks. But the traffic in the big well, and the housing. To be fair, that they're from LA, so the traffic is worse in LA. <laughs> hey, hey, the traffic here is worse than it's ever been. And the housing is the same thing. Oh, so yeah. you know what? If it's getting too hot for you and smoggy down there, come on up here. You know, you can. Uh, it's not that smoggy uh, for most of the year. So come on up. We've thought about doing the van thing, just driving from gig to gig, like you know John Robinson, and you know find different places to teach. And then the next day, drive 200 miles, go to the next place, just see the whole country that way. Oh, yeah, yeah, you'll see what's going on. Um, in fact, um, as your choreography picks up and people start, uh, you know, wanting you to come and teach, and, you know, that would be a good idea. Just get in the van and uh, set the, set the uh, gigs up before you get there. Mm-hmm. You play a little music, Christopher, mm-hmm. and you could uh, teach a line dance, maybe. Yeah. And uh, be like a, you know... Traveling gig. Yeah, entertainment. Yeah. And in all honesty, a lot of us are getting older and we need younger folks to come in and replace us. And you're right in line for it. They're you know, carry the, I'm sorry. They're going to carry the, the banner yes, for us. Carry the banner. I've heard that about uh, the DJing, especially in the Bay Area, that there are some folks, they've been doing it as long as they have, and it might be that what's keeping some of them doing it is that there's nobody else to do it and they don't want to see it stop. I'm the person that coordinates for the Country Hustlers dances. Are you interested in DJing for us next year? Yes. That yeah, sounds very really interesting. Cool. I would love to have Our more information. It's not as big as the Quick Steppers or Boots and Buckles, but it's a good group and it's located right here. So if you're interested, I will put you down as one of them. Yeah, that wow. would be awesome. We'd be okay. honored to do that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow, thank you for thinking of us. Yeah. I'm also curious what. What can you say about 
friendship. How do you keep friendship strong for years upon years? What is it? What does it take? Oh wow! <laughs> you know, I have so many friends in so many di- friends in different places uh, in all aspects of my life. My college friends. I have a group of red hatter friends. My line dance friends. And certainly Neil and I became close friends years ago, and we started dancing to get, you know, doing the, the dinner dances, and we became really good friends. But everywhere you go to dance, you're going to meet friends. Up in Corny, we have so many friends that we haven't seen in years and years. Go down to L.A., we have friends down there that we haven't seen. And so the line dance community really is it's a friendly group of people. And if, like you were saying, if you dance next to them, you become instant friends because you're going to talk and laugh, and at the end you're going to say, well, where are you from? And that's how you make new friends, really. We have a whole world of friends, all of us, including you two. So thank you for being our friend. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thoughts for Megan? Oh, I don't know. It's, just, it's so encouraging to be able to sit down and talk line dance with just about anybody and no matter what our walks of life have been or will be like we're able to share that and that's just that's one of the few things about line dance that I've just come to absolutely cherish um I'm assuming it's pretty similar for you guys but is there anything like that was very very life-changing for you in a positive way that came from line dancing Well, before I had line dancing, I thought I had everything. But one night, my friend and I from the college were working the Jerry Lewis Telethon in Oakland at the Marriott Hotel. And this was about 30 years ago. And we saw a group of Quake Country dancers from Vacaville. And we wondered, what in the heck are they doing? (laughs) And they did the tush push. We said, what is that? We couldn't wait to get home and find a place to top line dancing. Our first place was at the West 40 Club in San Leandro with Dave West. My first dance I learned, they didn't do beginner and intermediate, etc. They just did a dance. My very first dance I learned was Prancing Pony, and I thought I would never get it. And from there we went to Swiss Park the night that Achy Breaky came out. And we couldn't, dinner was secondary, dishes, everything. We got there just in time, and the hall was packed. Neil was up there, and they had set a loudspeaker out in the back in the parking lot for the people that couldn't fit into the hall, and that's where we learned the achy breaky. It was so hot and so big (laughs) and packed. Swiss Park, the parking lot was packed as well. Oh, my gosh. That's crazy. You know, we were just at an event. uh, Their theme was April Flowers, and... They had, for all the members of, of, of Boots and Buckles, they had these uh, paper flowers with our names on them. And up in the front, I believe it was right in the, the middle, they had a few uh, along the, the front bench, right under the stage. And in the middle, I believe that's where Neil's, uh, Neil's flower was. So, so you know, there's a flower up there. Or there was for that night. I had a flower child. Yeah. <laughs> I had a flower? Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. 
Yeah, I should have taken a picture now that I think about it. Yeah. You took one for Charlotte. That's true. Yeah, hers was uh, hers was up there as well. And then ours was over by Evelyn's seat in the uh, as you're entering the hall that's in the front Evelyn's left sit. corner. Yeah. Seat. Yeah, yep. no, that's what actually what yeah. Carol and Glenn said. It's up by where you guys sit. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that we kind of head right towards that same spot every time. Yeah, we'd like to we there are a few people like Millie and Evelyn uh, that we we would like to interview uh, as well at some point when all of our schedules work out because uh, just n- like, like Megan was saying earlier we didn't know I didn't find out about line dance until th- 2009 about I think that was uh, when I first went to Kodiak Jackson Petaluma and uh, there is so much history that we're sort of inheriting that we're just catching up on now like we didn't know that we could have been doing this this whole time like I lived in Daly City, it was right there in Newark. I could have just driven across the bay, but I didn't know. And you know, you find it when it's yeah. your time. But uh, would have been nice to find it earlier. True, very true. <laughs> well, uh, you know what? I shared that same enthusiasm as I'm sure you did when you first started. You know, when and you first I started getting as young involved. As you. you know, I started about. I started teaching 28 years ago, but I first saw it 30 years ago. So. I was old, much older than you guys, and here I am still dancing. It's an encouraging thought. You very much. Yeah. <laughs> people people told me when I uh, first went to Vegas and I was stomping as hard as I could because like, I had my boots, and I, that's all I knew was the you know, bar dancing. I was doing my loud stomps and everything. People were like, you're going to want those knees when you're older. You might want to take it a little easier. So uh, Now I'm thinking more in the long run, you know, long-term dancing, maybe a little more smooth you know, flowing motions. Oh, uh, one question that I wanted to be sure to ask you that like came to me because we were hungry on the way here. <laughs> comfort foods. Do you have any comfort foods? Like go to meals when you're sick or whether you just, you want that one reliable meal that you know is going to make everything better. Do you have anything like that? <laughs> Good question. I don't know. Uh, you know, I'm Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> Like the crispy, crispy tacos. Uh. <laughs> but when you're going to a dance, food is secondary. You'll get something on the way home. Uh-huh. Exactly. <laughs> we'll go to the drive-through. Yeah, I was, I was actually just telling him because I'm going to start competing in solo line for the UCWDC, um, and I, so I started thinking about it. I was like, I need to think about this from an athletic standpoint because I need to start taking care of my body. So I've been researching like nutrition and whatnot, and I realized. This last weekend, I had hours and hours and hours of dancing in the heat, in the, you know, like up on stage and on the floor, and I really didn't take care of my body the way I should have and fueled it necessarily. So now I'm like, okay, now I'm going to be smart because I need to start treating my body well if I want to do this longer. <laughs> so I definitely started thinking food-wise is a, kind of probably an important thing, and I realized that... Um, Typically, when it comes to dancing, I don't eat until like mm. after the dancing's done. Then because it's like, then all of a sudden, I'm like, oh my god, I'm starving. Yeah. What is open still? <laughs> and then it's too late because you have to go to bed on that, huh? Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. Yeah, it's not good. We found ourselves doing that many times. <laughs> we don't have time to eat, and if we eat, we're too sluggish to dance. Uh-huh. So we'll wait till after and then <laughs> eat up. Speak of that, yeah. After dance classes at Swiss Park, I'd either go to the bar and have a beer. Or go home and have a beer and a bag of potato chips, and that right. was it. You know, I went on that years and years good. and years like that. <laughs> Not good. 
<laughs> Got the exercise part down, but uh, the nutrition, uh-uh. I've heard, and maybe it's just marketing, but I've heard that Guinness has all the vitamins you need for like a full <laughs> meal. So if there's any beer to choose from. I wonder. Good. Yeah, Guinness. The dark, the dark beer? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, with the foam, yeah. Yeah, supposedly it's got everything you know, for basic survival. Yeah, it's got all the all grains and everything. Yeah. probably does. Yeah. Thanks for the tip. I yeah, think I'll start well. drinking Guinness. There you go. <laughs> I'll, I'll take my it. royalty check from Ireland if that's on its way, hopefully. Well, I know I have at least one more question. I'm good for right now, so please. Okay, well, I will ask one on your behalf then. Do you have any guilty pleasures? Any any music that you listen to when no one's around? Or uh, any... Binge-watching TV shows or reading or... Yeah, favorite authors that... Uh, uh, I don't know. Maybe you wouldn't. You would, like if people don't think of you as like a, a, a romance novel kind of person, but like you secretly read them. Like, is <laughs> is there anything that you would consider like your guilty pleasure? I get. I don't know if you call it guilty or not. I like opera. Um, oh. I like a lot of the classical um, romantic composers, Franz Schubert, Handel. You think that would you? Nice. <laughs> no, you yes. would not know. I like, I like, that he does. I like actually singing opera. I do some. You know, I used to do some opera. Yeah. We're at a, we've got a college up the street, and they've got, like, local classes, and that's one of my pastimes I enjoyed. In fact, I went through, like, four of their classes, uh, four of the local classes. Yeah, I, I, I like um, I like classical and opera music a lot, Pavarotti, all those people. Yeah. I just gave my whole set. I like all types of music, but I, I don't listen to the radio when I'm in my car. I like my thoughts. I like to think of what I'm doing and where I'm going, and... I just like my thoughts to myself. Unlike when I was younger, I'd have the radio blasting. But not now. I like to keep my thoughts. But at home, I watch Dancing with the Stars, The Voice, all the musicals, American Idol. And uh, I'll listen to music in my office, but it's what I'm teaching, what I'm doing. I just recorded a lot of music for Neil, some of his favorites, you know, opera-type stuff. and Piano, because I used to play boogie-woogie. And... He does too. So, yeah, that's what I did this week. Get ready for Neil coming over. And you're going to uh, arrange um, a meeting. Um, You're going to come out too. You're going to come out too, right? It can be. Yeah, it can, it can I, be a Saturday. If, if it's got to be a Saturday, it can be that. Okay. Yeah, but uh, you know, if they, uh, because you live down here, and or you, your parents live down here. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it doesn't need to be a Swiss Park evening. It can no. be a. Okay, well, we can. So it, well, they're flexible. So you can okay. arrange something. Yeah, you come down to the house. Okay. Sounds like a great time. I have one question that has stumped many and uh, and definitely take any time you need to think on this one. This is one that one question I like to ask everyone. What dance would you recommend everyone go learn right now? It could be old, new, by others or by yourself. Any dance from all of line dance history that you think everyone would really benefit from learning? Can I get three? Absolutely. Prance Pony, Hot Tamales, and What's Your Name? I like the fast. I don't care about the slow dances. I will usually pass them up. Okay, there's a dance. Um, I think it's a, it's a Latin dance. I think it's called um, uh, Amame. Oh, yeah. I like that song. Yeah, uh, Dance Minutes Romp, um, you know, especially people who want to learn about choreography I think that that would be a nice dance to start learning um, 
I don't know. The, uh, Max Perry had a nice dance too. I forget the name of the name of the skates. No, it was about a train or something. Uh, hmm. But I forget. Um, yeah, like I say, it's been a long time. I forget, but definitely uh, remember. Uh, Joe had some really nice dances. As far as choreographers, I'd say, you know, study her, study Max Perry. Hmm. Yeah, when you said uh, Latin, I thought you were going to say Chacha Lengua, which we which we learned along. Havana Cha. Uh-huh. Havana Cha. Havana Cha. I don't know. I that did one. the Rivas version, but that eight and one count at the end. My students are having a really tough time with that. Yeah, I think that's one that uh, that Megan either followed or um, or learned at some point at Dolly's class. I've learned uh, two different Havana Chas. Yeah, Julia has one out too. It looks like uh, you got. I was trying to look up Max Perry right now, but oh, something about a train. I recall it was t- no, twenty years ago. Well, let's see. I'm trying to think. The he's tracks got... or something like that. I don't know. Well, he has one with uh, Joe called All Aboard. And that was one that she was recommending. It's almost like she said it's like the locomotion, but like the locomotion plus. Can you do it a... for me? I'd remember it if I saw it. That's okay. Yeah, that, that's it. In fact, that's it. It was like a, a 32 count or a 60. It was a 32 or 48 count dance. Hmm. Yeah, it was pretty. Uh, yeah, that's. That, that. Uh, Max Barrier's uh, Start a Love Train. Oh, yeah. Well, he's got 11 pages on Copper now. Yes, he does. Holy wow. Swamp Thing. That's a classic. Oh, uh, another one. Yeah, Texas. I mentioned it. Smoky Places. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, Michelle's got a few of them. I don't recall what they. American were. Pop is one that's on our our list uh, to learn yeah. from her. Yeah, yeah. yeah as yeah. well as Go Grease Lightning. Yeah. yeah, I'm not seeing anything off the top of my head right now. Hmm. It's my quick skimming. Yeah. There have been so many good ones in the past. It it would be hard to even remember without looking at a list. But you can almost go through a list and pick out. Oh, this one was great. This one was great. You know. Yeah. The one. Speaking of the past, way past. Is Brown Bear Hustle? This is one of those contraline dances that I was talking mm. about. I don't know. That's people want to start looking at some of these contraline dances because uh, uh, that one, the J.R. Hustle, was another mm. one. This is, these go way, way, way back. This is when just by word of mouth you learn these dances. Mm. Um, very flirtatious, mm. and, that, and people bought into that. Mm-hmm. I bought into it. <laughs> I like flirting around with. <laughs> You know, one thing that we've learned uh, from both, I, I, I don't think I've perfected it myself, but I know that I've seen it in action, both from Joe and Michael, is the art of the, the wink. wink. The way that they wink is just so smooth. Yeah, the way it's like, oh, you know what? it gives you shivers. Michael will walk by and just, just wink and keep going, and you're like, seriously? <laughs> He'll do it to everyone, too. They probably learned that from each other. You know, you know that they probably kind of because you notice. I noticed Michael and Michelle. Sometimes they kind of look like each other, yeah, don't they? They do. MB and MB. Mm. Oh yeah, MB I mean, squared. How can you not notice MB the similarities? There, it's like one, but they do look alike. Yeah. MB and MB. Michelle and Michael. One extra letter in Michelle's name. Isn't it bizarre? Do you think we'll start to look like each other if we keep hanging around each other? Did that happen? Or Linda and I? I don't know. Yeah, let me do your eyebrows. <laughs> I hope this isn't being on radio. <laughs> he knows how to edit he stuff out. Edit, yeah. okay. 
All right. Well, do you have any final thoughts uh, before before we all sign off? Just, it's been enjoyable being with you guys, and um, you know, I, I think you're doing a good thing uh, because uh, I don't know who, but somebody might want to know what went on when we're not around to tell them. Mm-hmm. So, good idea. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you very much for taking the time. Thank and you. Sitting down with My us pleasure. Here Our on pleasure. Line Dance Podcast. Our pleasure. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah. And I'll be in contact with which one of you set up a date. Go over to Neil's and. Oh. Go through some of his stuff. He's probably the easiest to get a hold of. Line Dance Podcast at yeah. gmail.com. You, you know that I'm having yeah. open heart surgery soon. Yeah. I Tomorrow I'm going to be up there all day, but they're going to reschedule it. So I'll pick a day before I have to have it done. Yes, sounds good. Okay. You're having it done next week. Well, I, I'm not sure. Yeah, well, let's see what our schedules are. Yeah. But definitely, um, yeah, yeah, definitely we'll get together. Great. Okay. Um, yeah, we'll, you know, okay. I mean, don't come down just to see me, but come down to. Uh, See Alice and uh, uh, again, and to uh, but we'll do just it at have your a hammer. place. Yeah, at my we'll place. Do it your yeah, place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And go through some of your things. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. yeah, we'd love to. We'd love okay. to see the archives. I'll have some, well, I'll have something <laughs> for you. Let's put it that way. All right. Well, thank you very much. Uh, and until next time, Megan and I will see, see you, you on, on the, the dance, dance floor. floor.